I won't be very long, but I do feel like I have something from the Lord for you. So I'm going to the book of Psalms. Psalm 42 and verse 2 is where we're going to read. And then we're going to turn to the New Testament and read one verse from the book of Matthew chapter 5. So in Psalm 42 verse 2, the psalmist said, My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And then Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And tonight I'd like to speak to you for just a few moments on this subject. Does your soul thirst for God? Does your soul thirst for God? Let's lift our voices and our hands and let's give God a praise. Lord, I love you. I worship you, Jesus. You are the great and the mighty God. There's no one like you, Lord. Hallelujah. You're great, Lord, and greatly to be praised. And we worship you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, you may be seated, and let's just be very attentive wherever you are, whether you're in your home or, or whether you are here in the building. The Bible is filled with mysteries that God furnishes the key to understanding. There are several mysteries in the Word of God, but the Bible has the key to unlock those mysteries, and God has that key. And the key to understanding God's mysteries is not so much that you must be an unusually good scholar to unlock the mysteries of God, but in fact, one of the keys to unlocking the mysteries of the Bible is overlooked because of its simplicity. We need to ask God to give us a hunger, a desire, an appetite to know God better. I want to ask you this question throughout this message tonight. Does your soul thirst for God? To walk with God and to learn his ways, we have to hunger. We must hunger and, and desire to know God better than we do. Does your soul thirst for God? Praise God. The psalmist said, for he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Mary, the mother of Jesus, said in Luke 1 and 53, he hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty away. The great men and women of the Bible were men and women who had a hunger to know more about God and his ways. The prophet Daniel is revered to this very day for his amazing insights into the prophetic. The key to Daniel's great understanding of God's mysteries is found in the book. In Daniel chapter 8 and verse 15, And it came to pass, when I, even I, Daniel, had seen the vision and sought for the meaning. Then behold, there stood before me 
as the appearance of a man. So Daniel, the Bible said, sought for the meaning. In verse 16, and he said, I heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. So the voice of God called the Gabriel and said, make this man to understand the vision. Why? Because the previous verse says he sought for the meaning. Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him on a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and, and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when God saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. There's something that we need to understand. We've got to slow down so we can speed up. We must learn how somehow to focus. There are so many distractions going on even now in our world and in our own lives, distraction upon distraction. And somehow we've got to put the blinders on and see the things that God wants to see and focus on the things that God wants us to focus upon. When Daniel sought for the meaning in Daniel 8:15 and set his heart to understand in Daniel 10 and 11, the Bible said that God sent Gabriel to explain, but only when he sought for the meaning and when he set his heart to understand. It was while Moses was busy on his job, shepherding sheep, finding the strays, busy with lots to do, that he came to a burning bush. Listen to me. Whenever God is going to speak to you, there will always be distractions. There will always be lots of stuff going on. There will always be choices that you have to make. Will you just go on about your business? Or can you take a few extra moments and stop and spend some time with God? Moses was so busy going about his business when he came to the burning bush, which would be the pivot point of his entire life. It is ultra important that we take notice that God did not call to Moses until Moses turned aside to see the great sight, the mystery of the burning bush. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. I am preaching to people right now that God is ready to call your name, that God is ready to reveal things to you, that God is ready to bring you to another level in the Holy Ghost. But you're going to have to be willing to slow down so you can speed up. This is a call to intentionally seek God while we still can. Does your soul thirst for God? I don't think anybody questions the fact that our nation is in deep trouble right now. 
And we need to seek God as Moses did when his people were in deep trouble, enslaved in Egypt. He said, I'm busy. I've got sheep to find, but there's a bush that's burning. It's something supernatural. I've got to stop what I'm doing. The mundane and the mediocre has to come to a stop, and and I've got to stay with this situation for a little while and seek after the Lord. Listen, we must intentionally seek God. You're not going to find God usually by accident. It must be intentional. Daniel did when he and his people were estranged from their homeland. Daniel was a man who intentionally sought after God. Don't expect God to come to you while you're seeking everything and everybody but God. Oh, I know God is merciful and he can do it, but don't you expect that God is going to come to you while you are seeking everything but God. Don't wait for the next crisis to begin to seek the Lord. I ask you this question, does your soul thirst for God. I'm talking to deacons. I'm talking to preachers. I'm talking to saints. I'm talking to sinners. I'm talking to people who have never walked with God. And I'm talking to people who have walked with God for years. And I ask you, does your soul thirst for God? Don't wait until the next crisis to begin to seek the Lord. Isaiah said in Isaiah 55 and 6, he said, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I believe in the Holy Ghost that God has given North America a window of opportunity. I'm not preaching just to this congregation. I'm preaching to anybody, whoever you are, wherever you are in the world. God is giving our world a window of opportunity right now like we have never seen before. But somebody is going to have to listen to the hunger of their soul and somebody's going to have to feel the thirst of their soul and say, my soul thirsteth for God. There's a lot of things I could be involved in, but I'm going to take some special time to seek after the Lord. While I was in prayer today seeking the Lord about this evening, I begin to think about the revival that took place on the Isle of Lewis. And I remember we went through some of these things several months ago, but I want to bring it to your attention. I feel like God wants to talk to us about this. It was from 1949 to 1952. There was a revival on the Scottish island of Lewis, and it spread to other islands in the region. Before this revival... The churches were dead and in a spiritual winter. Nothing much was happening. Young people wanted nothing to do with the church. And some of the churches had no young people attending. Church was boring. And Christians had lost their love and fervor for God. 
Christian service was being done out of a sense of duty rather than a personal love of God. And it was in November 1949 that that two sisters, Peggy and Christine Smith, 84 and 82 years old respectively, Peggy was completely blind. Her sister Christine was bent over with arthritis. These two sisters felt a burden for their island and for their village church. They sensed that the Lord was speaking to them out of Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 3. And listen what it says. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. I have to stop and ask you, does your soul thirst for God? Does your soul thirst for God? These two elderly ladies, one blind and the other suffering with arthritis, kept their that kept her partially bent over, got so desperate for a move of God that they began to pray in their little cottage two or three nights a week. And history says they prayed from 10 p.m. until 3 a.m. An 82 and an 84-year-old ladies, they began to pray from 10 in the evening to 3 in the morning. And they were so distraught over the condition of the Isle of Lewis. They were determined. They refused to give up. They prayed and they prayed. Several weeks of praying out like this, 84-year-old blind Peggy had a vision of her church. In a vision, though she could not see with her physical eyes, with her spiritual eyes, she saw her church crowded with young people. And in her vision, she saw an unknown evangelist that was preaching from the pulpit. And she realized it was a vision from God. She sent for her pastor and she told him, Pastor, the Lord is going to send a great revival. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Pastor called the church leaders together and they began to spend Tuesday and Friday nights in prayer. So here was Peggy and her sister Christine. They were praying in their little cottage. And now the pastor and the church leaders were praying Tuesday and Friday nights as well. They prayed specifically that the Isle of Lewis would be visited with a spirit of repentance. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if everybody under the sound of my voice was to feel a thirst for God and begin to cry out to God for your nation, for North America, or wherever you live and begin to cry out, Oh God, send a spirit of repentance. More and more people began earnestly praying, petitioning God to visit their island. Peggy and Christine Smith prayed in their cottage two times a week from 10 to 3 in the morning while the ministers and others prayed in barn-like structures and in other locations. And folks, this went on for weeks. They didn't get together to play music. They didn't get together to sing songs. They got together and their hearts were heavy and their souls were thirsty for God. And they were sad about the spiritual condition of their little island. And for weeks, people prayed in earnest prayer. They gathered for prayer in un heated buildings in the middle of the winter. They were so desperate for revival. People all over the island began to sense that God was telling them 
ask me, ask me, ask me for revival. It was the divinely orchestrated movement to petition God for revival. God himself, you see, puts it in our hearts to pray. If we'll listen to that still small voice, there's a voice of God that's saying, don't let yourself be distracted. Don't let yourself get involved in things that aren't going to be helpful to the kingdom of God. Give yourself to the Lord. Give yourself to prayer. America is dying. She's got her dying hand on the threshold of the church. Somebody has has got to get a burden. Somebody's got to get a desire. Somebody's got to begin to crave after God and just desire God more than they ever have before. And God is the one that's put this in your heart. He's the one that's asking you, will you pray God himself? After several weeks of praying on the Isle of Lewis, one evening, a young person said, read rather from Psalm 24, and verse 3, here's what he read. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul in the vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Spirit of God. God has given this nation another chance to repent. God has given this nation a chance to have revival. But it all hinges upon the church. It hinges upon believers everywhere falling to their knees and crying out to God. And so in that night in service, after several weeks of prayer, this young person was reading he that had clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. When he closed his Bible, he said, it seems to me to be so much humbug, to be praying as we are praying, to be waiting as we are waiting, if we ourselves are not right with God. That young person then called out, God, are my hands clean? Is my heart pure? Immediately at around three o'clock in the morning, the presence of God began to grip every person present. And when that group of intercessors left that barn, they found men and women kneeling along the roads, crying out to God for mercy. You see, the revival that God sends is not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And it's only going to come as a result of intercessory prayer. Every home when they came out of that prayer meeting in that unheated barn, every home for some reason had their lights on. They said nobody could sleep. The awareness of God, history says, was so overwhelming. An evangelist by the name of Duncan Campbell was asked to come and preach. He was in the middle of another revival on the island of Skye. And when Campbell received the invitation, he declined it because he said, I'm already committed to be the speaker at a convention in Skye. So the pastor shared Campbell's letter stating that the evangelist could not come. But 84-year-old Peggy Smith said, that is what man is saying. But God has said something else, and he will be here within 14 days. 
<laughs> and sure enough, due to the change of events, the conviction, convention in Sky was canceled, and Evangelist Campbell arrived on the island of Lewis in 10 days. After his first service, after everyone had departed from the building, the evangelist and one young man were the last to leave. Suddenly the young man said, nothing has broken out tonight, but God is hovering over us. He is hovering over us, and he will break through any moment. That young man lifted his hands and started to pray, and here's what he prayed. God, you made a promise to pour your water on the thirsty and floods upon the dry ground, and you are not doing it. That young man began to intensely intercede in prayer for a considerable period of time and finally collapsed to the floor. It was around 11 p.m. The back door of the church opened and a man entered saying, Brother Campbell, something wonderful has happened. Brother Campbell, we were praying that God would pour water on the thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. And listen, Brother Campbell, he's done it. He's done it. Will you come to the door, please, and see the crowd that is here? It was then, history documents, that Brother Campbell witnessed many hundreds of people entering the church. No one had invited them. They had been drawn by the sovereignty of God at that late hour in the evening. And by midnight, the church was packed out. Oh, I got to ask you a question. Does your soul thirst for God? Because God is ready to pour water on the thirsty. On that same evening, there were 100, 100 young people at a dance. And during their dance, the Spirit of God suddenly fell upon them. It was at the exact same time that the young man prayed in the church aisle. The music at the dance hall stopped. The young people were overcome with conviction of sin. They fled the dance hall as, as hall as though they were fleeing the plague. And guess where they went? They made their way to church. In addition, there were hundreds more who had already been in bed, but simultaneously without explanation they got out of their beds dressed and went running to the church. Oh, a hunger and thirst for God overwhelmed the people in the area of the Isle of Lewis. The crowd began to sing from the songs Psalms, the church that was seat 800 was absolutely packed. People dropped to their knees in the aisles and between the pews crying out to God to have mercy. And that night the meeting continued until 4 a.m. And I ask you, does your soul thirst for God? It was a sovereign work of God. Several of those that came that night went on to become ministers of the gospel. At 4 a.m., Evangelist Campbell was leaving the church to go to his sleeping quarters when someone approached him and asked him to go to the police station where at least 300 people had gathered. During the one-mile walk to the police station, Reverend Campbell said that people all along the road were kneeling and crying out to God in repentance, pleading for mercy. Upon arrival at the police station, 
the crowd was crying out to God for mercy with an overwhelming conviction of their sins. Many had come on buses for miles around. And when they were asked why they had come, they didn't have an answer. They just said they had a hunger in their heart to go to the village of Barvis. Here's what I want you to know. The cottage of 84-year-old Peggy and 82-year-old Christine Smith was next to the police station in the village of Barvis uh, on the Isle of Lewis. Uh, oh, what happens uh, when people begin to pray intercessory prayer, when people begin to thirst for God. It was like a magnetic drawing power. On the second night of Duncan Campbell's ministry at the village of Barvis on the Isle of Lewis, people from all around the island came in buses and the church was again packed. This continued for five weeks and spread to adjacent counties. Brother Campbell was preaching four to eight messages every single day in churches, in open fields, along the shoreline. Some services were scheduled as early as 3 a.m. And I ask you, does your soul thirst for God? The revival spread to other towns. The pull of the Holy Ghost increased four miles away. In another village, there was bitter opposition from other Christian ministers. The intercessors began to pray. 30 were praying at a local farmhouse and began to intercede. And at midnight, Brother Campbell told a man in that farmhouse that God wanted him to lead in prayer. That man prayed for 30 minutes straight, then paused, looked up to heaven and said, God, do you know your honor is at stake? You promised to pour water on the thirsty and floods on the dry ground. And God, you're not doing it. I stand before you, he cried, as an empty vessel. I am thirsty, thirsting for thee and for a manifestation of thy power. I'm thirsty to see the devil defeated in this island. I'm thirsty to see this community gripped as you grip the village of Barvis. I'm longing for revival. And God, you are not doing it. I'm thirsty. You promised to pour water on me. And then after a pause, he said, God, your honor is at stake. I now take it upon myself to challenge you to fulfill your covenant engagement. Immediately and suddenly, the granite house they were in shook like a leaf. A jug on the sideboard fell onto the floor and broke. The dishes on the dresser rattled, then wave after wave of divine power swept through the room. And at that exact moment, the Spirit of God swept through that village, and people were awakened from their sleep, got dressed, made their way to the church, crying out to God for mercy. Hey, folks, I'm here to tell you, we're due, overdue for revival. We are needing a revival. America, you're in trouble. The only hope you have is is that somebody will get a hunger and a thirst for God and some precious saints will begin to fall on their knees and to cry out to God to intercede for you. Hallelujah. Donald McPhail, he was a 16-year-old from the village of Arnold, was converted that night. They say that more souls were brought to Christ through that 16-year-old's prayers than through the messages of all the ministers on the island combined. Sometimes uh, this 16-year-old would be asked to pray, and he would mention but one word, Father, 
And everyone would melt into tears. The anointing was so strong upon him. And another time, during a message, Brother Campbell was struggling with the spiritual opposition to his message. So he stopped his message and he asked Donald, Donald, will you pray? And after a very brief prayer, they say the Spirit of God swept into that building and the people were overwhelmed by the presence of God. Oh, do you want your preacher to preach of the anointing? Do you want to see the lame leap as a heart and the blind eyes open and the deaf to hear and the poor have the gospel preached unto them? Does your soul thirst for these things? Do you thirst for God? I'm telling you, God is calling somebody into a ministry of intercessory prayer. And when we get intercessory prayer, then revival is sure to follow. People walking up to the church services became silent. It became so holy that there was no talking as they entered the church and sat down. The presence of God was so thick, people would begin to weep when they walked into the sanctuary. Many were drawn to the services by the power of God, some even against their own will. The drawing power of God blanketed the island of Lewis, creating a longing for God, a hunger for his word, an overwhelming conviction of sin. And once folks got there, they did not want to leave. One man was quoted as saying, even the grass beneath my feet and the rocks around me seemed to cry out, flee to Christ for refuge. Numerous people confessed confessed to having heard angels singing. And it was from many different locations where this took place. I'm talking about things that happened in years gone by. Some literally saw demons fleeing the island of Lewis. The presence of God continued day and night. There were lights overshadowing some of the homes. Sailors gave testimony that while their ships were passing the island, they would feel the presence of the Lord. Bars were emptied. Many ministers and missionaries received their calling. There's one record that stated there were 20,000 con converts during the first five weeks. Oh, the power of prayer. Oh, the power of a thirsty soul and a hungry heart. All this took place because... Two sisters, Peggy and Christine Smith, 84 and 82 years old, one blind and the other with arthritis, but they felt a burden for their island and for their village church. And they said, we're not going to stop praying until God does it. These two elderly ladies, one blind and one with arthritis, kept praying. They prayed in their small college cottage two or three nights a week from 10 in the evening to 3 a.m. in the morning, they were determined and they refused to give up. And remember what the Word of God says. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or listen, if I send pestilence among my people. What's a pestilence? Dictionary says it's a fatal epidemic disease. If I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves 
and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, wherever you may be, I ask you, does your soul thirst for God? If my people will cry out to Him, if my people will humble themselves, if my people will pray, if my people will seek my face, if my people will turn from their wicked ways, if my people will turn from their distractions, if my people will turn from their divisions, if my people will turn from their griping and their complaining and the normalcy and the busyness of our day and seek the Lord while He may be found and call upon him while he is near he says then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land the amplified bible says and I'm coming to a close if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves pray seek crave and require of necessity my face and turn from their wicked ways. Notice what the Word of God is saying. If my people will have a craving for me, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. When the Bible says heal their land, one translation says, I will make their land prosperous again. Another translation says, I will heal their country. Another translation says, I will restore. And I close tonight with what I started with. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Folks, I believe that God is calling you. I believe that God is talking to you. I believe God is saying, do you want to turn aside and see why the bush burns but is not consumed? Would you like to be like Daniel and set your heart to know what God is trying to say to us? Is there anybody who would be like the two sisters on the Isle of Lewis and say, well, there may not be a lot of things I can do, but there's one thing I can do. I can pray and I can get into intercessory prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing more needed and nothing more powerful than intercessory prayer. No revival has ever come without it and no revival will will come without it. And I have to tell you, I believe that right now God is giving us a window of opportunity. I think the greatest revival America has ever had is supposed to begin right now. I believe it with all of my heart. Who will join me in prayer? Who will say, my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. Oh, when shall I come and appear before God? I trust that you're hearing me tonight, but I trust even more than that, that you're hearing the voice of the Holy Ghost as God is calling us to deep prayer. And so we can see a great move of the Holy Ghost. I would ask you that before Sunday, you would spend some time 
with the Lord in prayer and that you would pray for revival for the Kennebec Valley, that you would pray for revival for the state of Maine, that you would pray for revival for the United States of America, that you would pray for revival in Canada while the sabers are rattling, while there's all kinds of things going on and people are living with a spirit of fear. Terrorism has brought a spiritual fear fear among our nation, among our peoples. But we have nothing to be afraid of and everything to be thankful for if we will just pray and seek His face. I promise you the greatest revival is ready to start even now. This Sunday, let's baptize people in the name of Jesus. This Sunday, let's pray for people to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This Sunday, let's precede it with prayer and with seeking the Lord and crying unto the Lord, does your soul thirst for God?